First things first, Alabama State Bar Rules of Professional Conduct, Rule 7.2e, requires the following language in all attorney communications. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. I'm Harry Steele, Backwood Southern Lawyer. My partner, Paul Rip is back in town from his sabbatical. And my old pal, Reigns Russian, is on the line with us from the great state of Texas. How's everybody doing today? Good. Yeah, working it out. So, I guess the first news to get to is the latest article of the Land Yap newspaper out of Mobile chronicling the blowback, um, I guess, from our activities. Um, We made page eight, Reigns. How about that? Hot dog. Um, Not bad. And uh, the title of the article. You shall not pass! <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so an update for everybody. The Courthouse Security Committee met on Monday without my being invited. Um, our presiding judge, Judge Taylor, um, let me know that the courthouse security com- committee has decided that they will let the sheriff's decision stand for 90 days. At that time, he must come back before the committee and uh, present more evidence. If or whatever the evidence was, I still don't know what the evidence was. But anyway, um, he told me that if I wanted to know what the allegations were, that I could request that in writing of the committee and they would respond. Um, so I, that's really all. All I care to talk about about that, unless I think Paul no, might have like some to, insights. I'd like to add something to that. You know, we're doing these podcasts. The RIP Report's a consumer association, so we're interested in consumerism, uh, political corruption, or whatnot. You know, we we bring to light this issue with this case that uh, uh, with the facts that we know and. Our intent was that we were hoping that someone would be listening to us and say, oh, my God, you know, somebody needs to be investigating that. Instead of that, it's to shoot the messenger. So they go after uh, Mr. Steele, an attorney, who's bringing this up. Uh, I mean, I can see where they would tell me, you know, hey, we don't need to talk to you, Rip. Just go away. I've been told that (laughs) plenty, you know. But, I mean, here's an attorney in Baymanet. He has knowledge of the case. He's bringing up, you know, very, very, very uh, important facts that everybody should be concerned about. And and now we're uh, hearing that there's uh, two or three other similar issues. So this isn't going to go away, and I'm hoping that there's going to be some authority uh, that's going to step up and say, look, we need, to, we need to look into this. It just doesn't look right. So we have a treat today. Paul is going to chronicle, um, I guess you're going to do the RIP report for us today, right? Oh, uh, well, that the, plan? the RIP report basically is going to be today's podcast. But uh, there's a few things I would like to bring up, and um, that's like in the Fairhope City Council. Uh, all of the city council, this is probably the least effective, least leadership, uh, and most obstruction of any city council I've seen in Fairhope in years. Uh, they all are saying they're going to re run for election in 2020 and at the same time they voted themselves in full-time insurance for the full family 
and this is on a part-time job and the city employees are not getting the same benefit so i hope everybody remembers that in 2020 that you know these guys are voting themselves in this is a value of about 17 18,000 a year and my understanding is that every one of the council people have uh, utilized this insurance uh, the second thing that uh, uh, unfortunately is typical, but you have to just really watch it, is that, again, the Fairhope City Council. Uh, back in May, they uh, came up saying that they wanted to look at some uh, land and have an appraisal, and that they just considering the appraisal, that's all that they were going to do, that uh, there was there wasn't a purchase thing or anything else. Uh, then, without uh, any funding plan, in the middle of the budget, now the budget is supposed to be ready by October 1st. This will be the fourth year in a row the council has not brought the budget on time. This, and now they want to buy $2.6 million uh, without a funding plan, without community engagement, or without consideration of any strategic planning. And three of the four councilmen just uh, bullied the decision through now what's troubling is that there was an alternate site that uh would be building equity in the community far more than the one that they have decided however the twin beach location they didn't want to consider that they wanted to put it where they wanted which is out of town and the purchase of 2.6 this is one of the things that's kind of disturbing here is that of the appraisal uh was of four properties However, two of the properties were used in the appraisal that one was just a sales, uh, was a pending sale. Then the other one was a listing. Well, the difference in those two comps and the two comps that were actually sales is about two, the one is 19,130 if you do it the way they do using. Per, Per acre per acre using the listing agreement i mean using the acreage that's uh uh for you know that they don't have let me see where that is and then the other then it brings it down to seventeen thousand five hundred and eight dollars if you uh use the actual sales that were done the the disturbing thing the most disturbing thing to me is that this is two point six five five six million and they've pushed this through without any uh, counseling, I mean, public participation. They promised that it was just an appraisal, and then they immediately came in and made this decision. Now, right, Councilman uh, Conyers and Robinson did not vote on it. I mean, did vote against it. All right, so let's talk a little bit about I just want to slow you down. Right. I, I know you're on your roll. But, sure. <laughs> um, it, so this property is located at the intersection of County Road 32 and County Road 13. That's correct. And it's it's not a square piece of property. It lies north and south. It's, it's long along the north and south meridian, okay, correct. along County Road 13. Correct. This intersection is north of, as far as I can tell, um, the um, where any of the traffic circles are on thirteen. Correct, correct. So, so it's it's, or is it south of? Well, I think that would be going south. Thirty-two would be correct, south of. Correct. Okay. All right. So, just giving everybody an idea of where it is, and it's all rural 
farming property it looks to me like well there's there there is a subdivision that backs up to the whole thing that was never notified of okay, any of this to the north and yeah. also from what i understand this is very close to the flight pattern coming off of the airport out there and they've had a couple instances where uh, planes have been forced down on that property either you know emergency landings or something like that so that should be of concern too so range you've been kicking around this kind of stuff for a while you ever seen an appraisal where they used a comp that wasn't a sale well you know i uh dabbled in real estate recently and i think it gives uh people like me great hope because uh city of houston ever wants to buy my house i'm listing it for about half a million dollars <laughs> and uh, uh hopefully they can uh they can make a make an offer based on the listing not on the appraised value of one hundred and fifty six thousand. what it actually is paul i have a question why did the what is the purpose of this property purchase what, it, what are they going to do with it it's for recreation and they're claiming it's an emergency need the last time that they did something like this the property sat vacant for four or five years and ended up being uh, the soccer fields not built to specs. I mean, it's another whole story. But uh, this piece of property. Oh, those are the youth. Are those the youth soccer fields they uh, built next to the firing range? Uh, correct. Correct. And this oh, one. That's, uh, and this one is. That's investing in the future of the youth for sure, right there. Right, and, and this one's close to a flight pattern with another neighborhood backed up to it, and the neighborhoods around the soccer fields complain all the time about the lights and you know um uh, stadium games and everything so uh and and the other location the twin beach location was the community came out for that they wanted that piece of property and uh the council never really went for it because the mayor was for it and that's been a problem since uh day one is this council didn't expect it uh uh, the new mayor, Karen Wilson, was going to win. That upset their apple cart, and they've been ticked off ever since. So whatever the mayor comes up or the city staff or anything else, and they naturally want to do the opposite. But uh, this time they didn't listen to anybody. They didn't listen to the general public or whatnot. So, um, And there should, be, there should be somebody looking into the way that they did this appraisal because I agree with you. I've sold a lot of, bought and sold a lot of property. If I had known that I could have used property that wasn't for sale and was for listing or something like that as an appraisal, it would have boosted my price way, way, way up. Conveniently so. So the city of Fairhope wants to really make an investment in their youth, and they're making an emergency – they have made an emergency purchase to further develop recreational facilities for – their youth and they did it against what the really the people wanted and they paid i think the um the big seller was that it was uh quote a steal at twenty three thousand and change an acre versus the beach site which was at almost forty thousand an acre right is that correct it that was somewhere in the framework of the money correct except the the par- parcel that they're buying is a lot larger parcel so they've got more for their bang for their buck but they also haven't found a way to fund it yet is well, that correct well they, they, they haven't in the budget not only have they not found a way to fund it this is another thing that just gets me they decide to do this in the very middle 
uh, or the you know at at budget time when city staff mayor and everybody have been working for months to prepare this and now all of a sudden they throw this kicker in they have yet they have yet come up with how they're going to pay for this so i can't wait to hear what they're going to have to do to pay for this because one of the things that's going to get slowed down and i want people to listen is going to be infrastructure work which is desperately needed Everywhere. How much money is in the budget? How much money is in their budget for infrastructure <clears throat> infrastructure work this year? Uh, I I really don't know, but I I mean I couldn't quote it right off my head, but I do know that there it's millions. I mean they have they have tons of projects already laid out on the eastern shore. No one is ahead of Fairhope as far as getting all their infrastructure straight. It's been ignored for ten or twelve years, but since Mayor Wilson's been in from day one, she hit the ground running. And we have a lot of BP programs and a lot of other programs going on that, uh, and we have some very good superintendents uh, and engineers that are working on it as well. Well, let's tear the lid off that particular can. Tell me about Fairhope's BP money and where it's going. Uh, well, again, I think I would have to be a little bit more prepared with that range. But, I mean, they do have okay. – I know that they have multimillion-dollar projects, and they have them laid out for very specific projects that uh, have been researched and uh, are on a go. I mean, some of them are beginning right now, and some of them are online. Uh, but they have paid more attention to the sewer and the sewer infrastructure pro- problems than any of the Eastern Shore communities. As a consumer advocate, how do you feel the stewardship of BP settlement money being handled in Fairhope? Uh, in Fairhope, I think it was handled very well. Had the previous mayor won, it would have been like putting it down a toilet. But this mayor paid attention to what the funds were designed for and how they fit into the way the funds were let out. Uh Previously, the mayor was talking about spending it for park money, for all types of just stuff that did not relate to the BP issue or the environment or anything else. Uh, This mayor directed it exactly to the infrastructure, to the sewer problems, you know. It sounds like that the people of Fairhope need to show up to their city council meetings and become more active stewards of how not just the VP money, but how all of their city money is being spent. I did notice that your current mayor, it seems like, has her act together. If we're going to reference the pay raise they just got, she turned down a pay raise out of common sense. She was going to be allocated, what, $60,000 to be the uh, superintendent of the utility district, and she said, no, I don't want that money. I'd rather have that money go to a salaried engineer who's, job would be to oversee that well she also she also felt it was a huge conflict of interest receiving two checks at one time from the city which absolutely which i which i totally agree with i was happy to see her do it and that that brings the point the salaries that they approve well and let me say this historically that's always been a way to get a part-time mayor a full-time salary right is they just appoint them and make them the director of utilities also right Right. but it was a complete conflict prior because the the previous mayor was using the utility fund as a slush fund and two of the council members uh boone uh, i mean yeah boone and burrell 
uh, were in that previous council. So every time they got in trouble or they had to purchase something or they had to settle a lawsuit, they would raid the utility fund. Well, every time they raided the utility fund, infrastructure was the one that got hurt. Well, the mayor put an end to that. They do not drain off the utility fund at all. She paid off all the debt. She announces all of this, and then they come back up and want to buy a $2.6 million project without knowing how they're going to fund it. There's a lot of that going on in Baldwin County. I can tell you that goes on right here in my hometown annually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Move on. The other thing that happened uh, uh, is that Mr. Uh, Brown, a councilman in Fairhope, Earlier, we had filed a complaint, the RIP report did, to the Ethics Commission about a year or so ago, a little bit more than a year ago, over a contract that he got with the Eastern Shore Art Center. He's a councilman. He's liaison to the the city. He's on the board of the Eastern Shore Art Center, and he ends up with the bid. Um, When we sent the complaint into the Ethics Commission, they thought it wasn't bid. Uh, no, it was not bid. That's correct. what I thought. It, it, it was uh, not bid. It is my understanding. He ended up with the contract. Correct. Without it being bid out. Now, we are challenging him now to come up with those bids. But anyway, so we had, uh, you know, we filed many, many complaints through the years with very little success. The last one with Mr. Brown, with the Ethics Commission, they pretty much told us that, uh, you know, they wanted us to be the investigator. So I put it on the back burner. And then uh, Mr. Brown has come out just outlandishly claiming all types of things in the city and that he had full ethics uh, permission and there's many multiple bids, et cetera, et cetera. So I decided, okay, uh, our attorney general has been very positive in his public statements as well as his uh, white-collar crime prosecutor that they're not going to tolerate elected officials using their office for personal gain. And so I decided, okay, one more time, I'm going to go ahead and make a formal complaint. So last uh, about two weeks, a week or 10 days ago, I presented that complaint uh, to the attorney general. I let them know that uh, we were still going to pursue our complaints through the court of public opinion, but that if this type of conduct continued that nothing was going to change, that elected officials, quite frankly, are not supposed to be dealing uh, and taking contracts that are related to the city or using their position. Now, uh, going from that, one of the things that I think uh, or uh, one group I think should also take a certain amount of responsibility is, and Harry and I have had this discussion before with boards, be it the be it the Boy Scout board or be it this particular board here with Eastern Shore Art Center, uh, the airport board. And then you see things like this happen where board members are getting contracts and you think, what the hell is a board doing? What is the board doing? It's their responsibility to be looking at this, that this does not happen. And this should have never happened in Fairhope. The board should have, at Eastern Shore should have stopped it immediately and said, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. When did this, we can't do this. Instead, they let it go through. So there is now a formal complaint filed with the uh, Attorney General White Collar Crime D- uh, Division. I don't expect to hear from them, yay or nay, on it. 
we'll just have to sit back and see if they do anything or uh, what will happen. And how many pages? It's this very is a, nicely put together. It's, an, it's spiral bound because it's, it's 40 three, pages. It's three page uh, introduction letter with uh, with about 42 pages of supporting uh uh, documentation that goes along with it. Now, this can be reviewed if you want to. You can go on the RIP report, um, ripreport.com, or you can go on the RIP report, Legal Legal, or Baldwin County Legal Legal, and you can follow these cases because uh, the entire letter, three-page letter, was produced there. And you can go back in these reports, and you can see some of the things that we've been writing about for a couple of years, and then they come back up, and people say, oh, well, that's just a conspiracy theory. And I say, well, it was a conspiracy theory maybe two years ago, but now it's a fact. <laughs> that's right. not a conspiracy theory. Um, you know, Paul, as a, as a matter of fact, I did read your complaint to the Alabama Ethics Commission. And I read their response. And after doing a little investigation of my own about Robert Brown and the Eastern Shore Arts Center, I found that uh, this guy basically took a what was it four? It was a four hundred thousand or seven hundred thousand dollar job. It's a four hundred plus. I'm not sure on the four hundred plus thousand dollar job. No, no guarantee for overruns. And I read your your complaint to the Ethics Commission, and I, most importantly, I read their response. And I've got to tell you, it reminded me of a story I heard years ago when I was covering the Monroe County for uh, the Miami Herald. There was a there was a job coming up in Monroe County down the Florida Keys, and it was a small infrastructure job, going to cost about $900,000, and they put it out to bid, and they got in exactly three bids. Well, the, the chairman of the county commission was a really stand-up guy. He was a you know top-shelf fella. He didn't believe in corruption. He was an anti-corruption kind of fella. And he said, uh, I put it out for bids, and the three bids that he got was one from a Miami construction firm, uh, called Mendez Brothers, and it was for $990,000. He said, well, that's a little too high. And, he, you know, he got another bid from a Louisiana construction firm, you know, uh, uh, Boudreaux and Company Construction. It was for 985000 He thought, well, that's that's not too bad. And then he got another one from an outfit in New York called Scaramucci Brothers Construction Incorporated, LLC. <laughs> and they actually came down there and said, what, we wanted to give you this bid in person, but uh, we're going to bid $3 million on this project. And the chairman of the county commission just lost his mind. He goes, how could you, how dare you walk into my office with a ridiculous bid like that? You care to explain how it works? He goes, yeah, a million for you, a million for me, and we get the Kunasses to build your project. <laughs> Well, that might be going on around here. It certainly appears that way. There were there were no published bids published in any as required by state law. There was no public announcement for bids, a public call for bids posted anywhere regarding that project. I want to know where the bids came from that he came in as the lowest bidder for that. Well, I advise authorities as well that my information was that there were no bids. And if for some reason, and if you noticed in the letter with the Ethics Commission, they said that there were bids. And I told them, I said, that is not true. And if you do find a bid, that you better check the date, you better check the contractor and everything, because those bids were developed after the fact. All right. Just just in full disclosure and fairness, yeah. the Eastern Shore... Art Center. Art Center is not a governmental agency. Correct. 
Okay. That's correct. They're and they may and they correct projects. Correct. Correct. But your contention is that he used his position on the council and on their board for personal gain. Absolutely. If he as a council person, it does not make any difference what his salary is. If he's the councilman and he's making a dollar and he's representing the city and he's on the board, then he cannot bid on that job or should not bid on that job. And if he does bid on that job, then he would have to submit for a a formal opinion from the Ethics Commission, which he did not do. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that he did not do and then, then came up and took the contract. So, Reigns, are you ready for your head to blow off your shoulders? Well, been waiting all week. Paul, Paul's got a, another good one for you. Go, go for it, Paul. Well, uh, in in my life, I've been fortunate enough to be involved in restoration of a lot of homes that were very old. I'm, I'm living presently in one that was built around 1900. So I've got kind of a soft spot for uh, historical homes and everything. And recently... Uh, again, in the Lanyap, I can't stress to people it's about the only investigative news we got. There's there's an article here, and I'm, I don't want to allude that this is corrupt. I just want to say it's totally unethical, and I think it's very bad taste. Where the mayor of Fair, uh, mayor of uh, Daphne had earned ninety eight percent on the return of purchasing a home, and that home was called the Texas House. Uh, he purchased that for about 129000 two years ago. Now he's selling it to the Bayside Foundation, a school, for 257000 within a two-year period. Uh, now, this is an 1835-era home. It's one of the oldest homes in uh, Daphne, uh, one of the oldest structures. And his contention was that it was going to cost $200,000 to renovate it and uh, that he didn't want to put that much money in it. However, they valued it at maybe 550000 had he put the two hundred in. Now, tax records indicate that the property has been valued at 287000 314000 in uh, 09-17-13. So he got a pretty good deal on the purchase. He's doubling his money almost on selling it to the school. And now the school's going to have to go back and get permission to do the parking lot. And the mayor's the one that sold the house. So, you know, and hey, I let me, what, let me stop you, Paul, because I, I don't think you made this point very clearly. All right. The reason Bayside wants it is they want to tear the damn house down right. and build a parking lot there. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Now, he, he's saying now that he have, uh, hey good is the mayor is saying that uh, uh, that if the decision was to, by Bayside was to remove the structure, he would like the opportunity in moving it rather than destroying it. Well, that, that flies in face of what he said about the restoration. It's gonna, you can imagine what it's going to cost to take to move it and everything. But the, my point is this. The, the mayor, he's the mayor of the community. He should be, he should be the one standing out there advocating that at all costs that the house not be torn down that it be renovated and that, uh, you know, that these structures aren't removed. Again, 
Fairhope's done the same type thing. And sooner or later, we're going to wind up with very, very few uh, historical locations. Especially well, if they know, need parking. If, yeah. If you're, I don't know how you're supposed to make money as a small town backwoods Alabama sheriff if you can't make financial deals that benefit you. Oh, wait, did I say sheriff? <laughs> yeah. I meant mayor. I'm sorry. Uh, did I say, I said sheriff twice, didn't Oh, sorry about that. Uh, my bad. I, that's not what I meant at all. What I meant was, how can you be a backwoods, small-town, southern mayor and not make money off your own town? By God, it's the, the Constitution protects that, doesn't it? Well, it's sure the way things go around here. Well, law enforcement's not the least bit interested in anything that anyone with a title behind their name, they don't care what they're up to as as this has been my observation. Yeah, we've had no zero accountability. We've had zero rest. We haven't had anyone uh, looked into. I mean, you look at what we're talking about now with the, the suicide of this kid. And, you know, silence. Everybody just kind of wants to sweep it under the rug. That's what we're trying to That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to peel back the rug, okay? I think you're doing a fine job. I come from a, my hometown is a little town called Ocean Springs, Mississippi, that uh, is famous for a couple things, two of them being really good-looking blondes that moved to Alabama, and the other being historic sites. The Historic Ocean Springs Preservation Society has been active for 50 years in that town, and they take pride in their historic buildings. And every mayor we've ever had, much to the consternation of many developers, has done what you talked about and stood in front of historic buildings and says, you know what? No, this isn't about turning a profit. This is about preserving a cultural heritage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe that's what you need is a historic development society. Or a historic preservation group Well, to get out in front of an issue like that. Every time that's proposed, the developers completely have a coronary and shoot it out one of, of the one, one of the times I got sued in my official capacity was by the Alabama Historic Preservation Alliance and the Alabama Historical Commission uh, when Connecticut County was trying to tear down their historical courthouse, which had been destroyed by neglect over many years. So, mm-hmm. um, And then, of course, it turned out that the guy who was running the historical commission was doing things he shouldn't have with the money. Anyway, that's a whole nother story. Um, what's so next it, on the okay the on the agenda, Mister Rip? The other thing I'd like people to uh, realize is that uh, we are still working on the sewer regulation, and uh, uh, Mister Richard Dayton, the one that, that originally kicked off this initiative, is trying to arrange a public meeting. I think it'll be in October. So you're going to hear a lot more about it. We're going to be trying to get a lot of people there that will listen to legislators. Uh, We are trying to encourage our commissioners uh, to get behind this. They can't do any legislative work, but the commissioners can get together and say, look, uh, we need this uh, sewer regulated, uh, especially on the price. And now some people, uh, some of the commissioners are concerned that, okay, well, we're moving into regulation. Uh, we're saying that we want the prices regulated for some security for the consumer. However, how do we know that that's not going to lead into future regulations? Well, it is. It definitely is. You want anything anything that comes up that's subject to regulation, that's what you're trying to do is trying to get a handle on the whole thing. Well, here's number one. 
they need to pay a franchise fee for using the county right-of-ways, period. Absolutely. Number two, we need somebody around here to pick up this ball and run with it. We need the Alabama, our legislative delegation, Baltimore County legislative delegation, needs to do what Shelby County's done and propose a bill that would put Baltimore County Sewer Service or any other private sewers under the control of the Public Service Commission. That way, the county doesn't really have to do anything. They don't have to create a, a different organization to, to provide oversight. Correct, correct. And a sewer company before raising rates would have to go back before the uh, uh, organization so where they couldn't just arbitrarily raise rates. So that's that whole issue is coming up. And then, uh, again, I guess uh, another plug with uh, Lanyap, two other important articles. Uh, I'll let uh, Harry address the one is the um, judge recusal, which goes back to the sewer case. This is the fourth of uh, four articles, uh, earlier articles I was telling you about. We're going to link all together, but uh, very important that uh, uh, that the judge recused himself from this case because they had been alleging uh, a conflict of interest all along. I, and all I can tell you is when I walk into a courtroom, I want a judge who I feel like could really give a rip who wins or loses. Correct. I've always felt that way in Judge Norton's courtroom, quite honestly. Um, and so I, I really don't have much to say about it. I guess he, he made that decision um, on his own. I don't I don't know that we had any any sway over that, so to speak. Maybe the maybe the article in the Lanyap did. Oh, uh, yeah, correct. But, but I, I do, but I, I do, but I do think it's a, a positive move if he feels if he felt like he had a conflict. Well, then he can just hand it. We got four other circuit judges that can hear it. Correct, because we're in a we're in a small geographic area. The judicial system is uh, small. Uh, you can't help knowing certain people, but at the same time, you uh, you're a sitting judge and. You should be using the utmost of discretion when it comes to conflict of interest to make sure that you're far, far away from any of that. Uh, that being said, uh, another thing that happened was the county attorney uh, is no longer with now, us. I, I will smile go, about that one. Go ahead. You can chime in on that. Well, I really don't have much to say. I just, you know, we, we chronicled the goings-on or, or what we believe were the goings-on and felt like they had a conflict. And um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll point you to one more place where I can, where I can identify this, okay? Um, there's an AL.com article uh, that was written back in 2012 when they repealed the comprehensive plan, and I'll just read this one excerpt from it. County Attorney David Conner told commissioners the Horizon 2025 plan contradicts some zoning regulations and could open the county to legal liability on the grounds that it amounted to taking of property. I mean, they didn't know that when they adopted the plan in 2010. Um, anyway, like I said, well, I, I think it's a, I think it's a positive step. There are plenty of attorneys out there that don't have any conflicts whatsoever. And I also wanted to point something else out. If you go um, to the Baldwin County um, website, baldwincountyal.gov, go under documents, go to planning and zoning. You can look at the subdivision regulations that were recently amended 
on August 6, 2019 by the current Baldwin County Commissioners. What it's telling is it, it was initially adopted, these subdivision regulations, February 1984. Now, for the fastest growing county in the state of Alabama to still be using the same daggum subdivision regulations from 1984, I, and of course they've been updated, right? But that's just unbelievable. Yeah, and I will. I I do want to say, uh, uh, Commissioner Ball, uh, I have been hard on him before, but I definitely appreciate him standing out and coming up with uh, uh, the proposal that the attorney be replaced due to conflict of interest. I think that took a lot on his part. I respect him for that, and that's what we want to see more of is make sure that uh, uh, these connections aren't too close. It's the same thing we were just talking about with Fairhope, same thing. Um, While we're talking about the county, hey, Nick, can you throw up this map for me, please, sir? Paul, this is a map of the Baldwin County megasite. And this particular image that you're seeing is, um, if you look on the right-hand side, that is the route that, that they intend, where they intend to put the uh, connection between I-65 and I-10, the Baldwin Beach Express. Correct. And then um, you'll see over here, there's a rail line that they've proposed. And they, and they made this application with the Corps of Engineers back in 2015. Okay? Right. So, do you see all the little dark dots on that Correct. document? The highlighted. Do you know what those are? It looks like highlight, highlighted land or swamp. Well, it's wetlands. Wetlands. So, it's a wetlands delineation. Okay. Um, just a wild guess. How, how, how many, what portion of this property here do you think is covered by wetlands? If I told you that was 1,000 acres, if you had to just off the top of your head, guess how many? It looks like it'd be 40 to 50%. I'd say at least 40 to 50% of that property is wetlands. Correct. So why would the county pay $6.3 million for 1,000 acres of uncontiguous? It'd be different if half the pro- if, if all the wetlands were on one side of the property, but that wetlands is pretty much in the middle of the property, right? Correct. So my question is, is, is there a silver snail darter that lives there? Is there is the, the last Alabama uh, snowy spotted owl? Does it live on the property? Why do we pay such a premium for what amounts to swampland if we didn't intend to protect it until the end of time? And so um, these are the headwaters of the McCurtain Creek watershed. Um, This is where it starts. And if you look over on the left-hand side, you'll see where the rail line goes through, and it it cuts part of the wetland off from the wetlands to the west. Correct. Um, I don't think that's a very good thing either, not not for drainage, not for wildlife. Um, And it looks like it's going to be an awfully expensive railhead to get through crossing across wetlands, high, well, high and low land and everything. Well, the entirety of that document is uh, we've uploaded in our photos on our Facebook uh, Backstory Podcast uh, Facebook page. So anybody that wants to go in there and look at what they're going to cut and fill, and I don't know where they are with that project. They may be out there doing it right now. But people need to pay what? a lot more attention to the 
to this whole mega site property. A lot of people are aware of what it is, but so, so the, the so more, the so I've got a call in to Miss Callaway at Mobile Baywatch. Um, I've sent an email to the Alabama Rivers Alliance. We're going to see if we can't get some people interested in that in in preserving and protecting this wetland that the county paid what well, what I consider to be a premium. Uh, premium i would say it looks like a little bit of a ridiculous price to tell you the truth how much did they pay for that piece of land 6.3 million dollars rains they paid and, and half of its wetlands and they paid 34 million for the whole piece and it didn't have anything connected to it no infrastructure whatsoever nothing zero Okay, and they pay thirty-four million. And just recently, have they? Uh, uh, Baldwin County Economic Development Alliance has come up with a plan to invest seven million in it, which would make it, in the terms of what we would call shovel-ready, uh, when actually they've been advertising this as shovel-ready for about six or seven years and have had no takers. And that's why they've had no takers is because it never even had infrastructure in and people are going out there. They're looking at the same map that Harry and I are looking at and saying, hey, you know, this doesn't look like very high property here to us. So, so anyway, Range, the only member – that's still on the commission that was on there when they made this purchase is commissioner gruber and i think you know the question should be posed to him why do they pay much so much money for this what what appears to be swamp land and i can tell you from my childhood days <laughs> uh, nobody i don't the cops never caught me going out the window but we used to go down to this train trestle right here and would wait for the train and see who the you know the the chicken who jumped off first and We'd hold on to the trestle as a train whenever just really stupid things. Children, if you're listening, do not go do this. It is the dumbest thing I've ever done. But we used to wade up that that wetland um, fishing. And so I'm I'm fairly familiar with it. Of course, I hadn't been there in 20 years. But um, I don't imagine it's changed a whole lot. Certainly nothing's happened on the property. Um, but the other telling thing, and we don't have the graphic here, when they purchased the property – the people who own the property had the right to come in and cut the timber off of it, even after they'd sold it to the county. And that's been going on for a while now. The county did dictate that they could not cut any of these wetlands. So if you go look at this on Google Earth right now, you can see exactly what I'm talking about without having to look at this map because everything's been cleared off the property that they could get to or that the county would not let them cut because it was wetlands. All right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this for the children of Fairhope, Alabama. I'm going to encapsulate this entire podcast, and I want it to be a message to all the kids of Fairhope. You understand this? I want the kids, the children, the youth What about my, Hope, What about all my children up here in Bay Manette? No, 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 because we're investing in the future of Fairhope's children, and that's what the city of Fairhope's doing, buying all this land. Children of Fairhope form a soccer league, all right? And instead of doing any soccer playing, mortgage any property you've got and pull together your funds and get your parents to create you a small organization and build a utility district right on that mega site. You're going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. 
because if the NBU can put out things like a $3,500 tap fee, which to a libertarian like me accounts as a damn ransom, you as the children of Fairhope can invest in your future and possibly come out billionaires by building an unregulated utility district right in the middle of this mega site so you can furnish some utilities to this area that's in the middle of nowhere and no one's ever going to tap into and likely never going to buy. It's property speculation at its finest. Children of Fairhope don't learn how to play soccer. Learn how to manipulate your municipal governing bodies because that's what the people in the catalyst group, that's what people in the gumbo group are doing right now to all of you. Not just you kids in Fairhope, but to you kids in Bay Manette, you kids on the other side of the bay in Mobile, and all you kids in the backwoods, they just took McCurtain Creek away from you for no damn good reason. And, you know, I'm I'm, kind of glad you said that about the kids, too, because that's what gets me. I mean, you know, we're we're teaching in school kids that you do not – you're not elected to office to use your office for personal gain. And here they have people doing this right in front of them. So I look at the individuals that are doing it, you know, and I say, what are you thinking? Is this what you want your kid to do? Is this what you're trying to tell your kid to do? And and one other thing, Reigns, I'm, I'm not going to get into it deep, but you're talking about the soccer league. You know, I was talking about Mr. Brown. He's a mm-hmm. He's he's in the soccer league. <laughs> That's another whole story. Okay, kids, forget forget the soccer league. Form a lacrosse league. All right, ain't nobody gonna be interested in that. Get into a lacrosse league or lawn bowling. All right. So 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 right. so let me say this, Reigns. I'm absolutely 100 percent in favor of developing this mega site, the portion that is not wetland. Okay. The previous commission, I believe, paid way too much money for it. And matter of fact, they paid so much money, they didn't even have any money left over to make any infrastructure improvements, which is why it's sat there like it has. They held up county raises, county employees, too. Well, of course they did. But but the, the, the people who are on the Economic Development Alliance board right now and the members of the Bowen County Commission, I think, are working diligently to do something with this 30 something million dollar piece of property um to to turn it into something positive and so i wouldn't say that nobody's ever going to buy it or anything like that i think it's a i think it's going to be a very viable site for someone once there's some infrastructure out there right i think that's a uh, that was the only point uh we've been turned down four or five times because the infrastructure wasn't in place and i'm going like how do you buy okay if you go buy a house first thing you're going to do is look at the house and you're going to say you know what as soon as i buy it i'm going to paint it i'm going to redo the driveway and i'm going to do this well they bought a 34 million dollar piece of property and didn't even think about paying for the damn sign that says where the property is they had nothing no plan zero nothing I mean, and you're selling a piece of, and um, when I say no sign, I'm not making a joke. I'm saying you go out there and there's a $34 million piece of property you're trying to sell to a developer or, or a business coming in, and there's not even a sign there. So they're just can't, now. Can't they do? There's a helipad. Can't there. they do? <laughs> there's a helipad. Well, thank God. Why don't they just buy another battleship for crying out loud? That really brings the money in, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it does a lot more than that. But but I agree with Harry. Uh, we we desperately do need something to happen with that property. It will make a big difference, and I hope that it's on the lines of manufacturing and jobs. 
uh, value-added manufacturing. Right, value-added. Uh, and it's not something where they go in and they give you, they give tax abatements out to where we're not really getting anything in the long run. That's another mistake that we got to look at. But uh, we'll, well be coming back to the mega site many times. If it's a car plant or, or, or something like that, I think that would be great. But obviously, I think they have, I think they have had people interested, or at least the, my understanding, um, like pulp and paper. Obviously, nobody. We don't want that. That it, it, it's too sensitive of an area. And let me say this: if you if you look at Baldwin County, especially this map that I have, um, you will see that it is covered in water. And you know, this county is a garden. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to cover it with rooftops and smokestacks? That's what we're trying to do. Well, you know, they're trying to sink the island down there for sure. Um, right. So I don't know. I, I I don't know what the future holds, but um, I'm I'm certainly uh, I'm an outdoorsman, which means I'm a conservationist, and I know a lot of people have trouble reconciling that, but I certainly don't. All right, guys. Anything else before we wrap up? Nope. We would like to encourage people that are listening that if you have something that, uh, say, we're hitting on that subject and you can add to it, we'd like to hear from you. Also, if there's a consumer project, a, a problem that you might want to have resolved, uh, I encourage you to try to get a hold of us uh, through any of the means that we have. You can go to Backstory Podcast and contact us there or the RIP Report, or Baldwin County Legal Legal, or the RIPReport.com. So we're easy to get a hold of. And we don't mind talking about controversial subjects, which I believe you're getting that message now. Don't mind at all. You still there, Reigns? He's gone. All right. Uh Uh-oh, we lost him. Well, everybody, thanks for checking in, and we will see you soon. 